We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Happy Tuesday to you. Thank you to all of you that actually watched our Seven Seaters episode this past weekend. Very different for us, very different locations. We did full-size SUVs, the uh, Kia Telluride, the Mazda CX-9, and the Honda Pilot. And for those of you that are not able to see it, it will come to Amazon soon. But also, by the way, thank you to those of you that are sending us notes about, I saw it here, some unexpected combination beyond traditional cable. Uh-huh, There's uh-huh. sling boxes with DVRs. Sure, yeah. There's somebody actually wrote and actually said they found it on the on-demand part of their cable providers. If I got this right, cable provider has a like a Motor Trend on-demand section right, that's not the that. app. I saw that. And so yeah. it's it's playing stuff from like the last 48-hour back catalog, and so they're able to find it there because it just aired recently. So you guys keep sending us kind of new and different ways you're finding it to play for you off of cable. Thank you, because all of that helps for audience numbers. That helps with sponsors, which allows me to say, hey, thanks to Covercraft and Grios for being the presenting sponsors of the show. Remember, 10% off of either of those companies' products at the code just using the code every day. And you guys keep sending us notes about, I just tried this, and this stuff's really good. This is why <laughs> we're I sharing love, it. Honestly, it's not just because they came to us and said, would you advertise? We went to them and said, we like your stuff. So we're glad you yeah, guys like it too. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, actually, my dad has some friends who have been emailing him oh, really? and finding the show. They, they know the show because, you know, of course, my dad talks it up constantly. And for so sure, for sure, yeah, yeah. They're now emailing him saying, hey, I've really enjoyed the show. And so a little behind the scenes. Okay. This, on, on this particular episode, we've—I don't think you and I have actually ever done this before. But for the SUVs, we didn't actually have them together on true. camera. True, true. This is a rarity because mm-hmm. of scheduling. Because the Kia Telluride was actually in Colorado at the press launch. At the yeah. press launch, yeah, yeah. so obviously we didn't have the competitors there. Yeah, yeah. But that's the difference in scenery. But what I like is it—it it defined each SUV with yes. the scenery. Yes, we tried very so hard made to notes, separate them out. Yep. You know, we made notes about okay. So when I drive this in a week or two, you know, here's the comparison things that totally. I want to remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we'd go back and watch our own, you know, stuff to remember what we said and and the way the scheduling actually you know, worked is it was, it was interesting. It was an SUV a week. Yeah. So they yeah. were, if you will, back to back, but they weren't back to back like we normally do, which is we gather all but three and we go to the same location. Actually on so camera. Very, that's, very yeah. interesting. That's why yeah. you don't see them all three on yeah, camera. Yeah, that was the hard part. Which sure. is usually what we don't do, but for SUVs, because of the nature of them, you know, we have a list of things. We're not driving the, the seat to seat cornering time. So we felt for this particular episode, <laughs> it would be fine if we just, you know, okay, here's what we're, the, the criteria we're looking for. But it was still easy as a, in the way we got to be right to your point about how you they know, were being used. We were able to get them after being with them for for a period of time, be like, wait, 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 this seat doesn't move nearly as far as the last one did. Right. We were able to do that very easily because right. we just used them as they should be used, which was fun. And the Kia Telluride got used in all kinds of weather to the point that the uh, the front collision sensors lost their mind at one point while I was driving <laughs> totally. for a blizzard. They got completely covered in snow and went, what is going on? Totally. So that happened. It's hilarious. So guys, thanks for watching. We're really looking forward to sharing that with you on Amazon Prime when mm-hmm. it does come out. For sure, a few weeks and, from now. And uh, Vimeo for uh, all of our listeners around the world. And hello to all of you. I was actually just looking up stats mm-hmm. on our uh, analytics okay, and great. finding. I was digging down into cities. Good. So, awesome. Love it. Honestly, hello to all the Scandinavian countries and Ireland and Japan Good. and Germany Excellent. and love Australia. Love hello to all of you guys and yeah. thank you yeah, for yeah. listening. We love having you along for the ride. We've got a really cool, actually, uh, it's not debates. We have one debate after the break, but we do have car conclusions because you guys have written to us yeah, there's some great with ones. very good descriptors. 
a little bit of uh, you know just kind of an emotional thing for uh, for the last one here. I just really loved it and wanted to include that. But cool. uh, good, yeah. Thank you guys for writing all these conclusions. We've got to dive in because they're so the, the stories are so good. Well, I love the one we're starting with, which is our friend John <laughs> in Sweden. John, I love John. John wrote us. John wrote us a while back, and we we went off on a weird tangent because he talked about listening <laughs> yeah. to the show while he essentially uh, deforests the world. <laughs> Actually, I think that's terrible. He's cutting down trees. That's his job. At it's, least it's, his portion of the world. Exactly his portion of the world. It, the, it, no, no tree is safe. So, uh, but but we were talking about the fact that how That's a on earth sticker. It, it exactly how on earth is John able to hear a thing while he's you know proactively sawing down trees with huge machinery? And so he gives us this huge description of how he and his dad together. What, what's the what's the ta- the tally here? Hang on, they can deliver. He and his dad oh, together, man. each working their separate machines, which do separate things. They can deliver fifteen tons of lumber in twenty minutes. That's insane. To- just to hear that, that is what is written in John's email to us, his follow-up email. You know what I envisioned? You remember in like the later <laughs> Matrix movies where they had machines on top of machines just sawing through the world? That's what I'm picturing here. Well, he, he sent photos. And by the way, many of you did. Most of you sent photos. So I'm going to yeah. publish yeah, yeah. them on Instagram for the uh, for the, the release date of this podcast. So you can all see what we're, uh, what we're talking about here. He posted the two new John Deere Forest machines. That, and he said they're quite fancy. They've got bulletproof glass. Think about that. Yeah. Tree branches coming at you. Yeah, stuff that's coming at you. It's not okay. bullets, but it needs to defend for it. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yep. It's got a fridge, a great stereo, a Windows PC with touchscreen, Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. climate control, sunshades, and then, you know, the whole thing is semi-automatic. So they just point and grab. And and killer headphones so he can hear the <laughs> podcast in clarity while outside the world's going, we were not yeah. off base. No, we weren't. Hilarious. We weren't. But he actually, he actually, of course, listened to the car debate. That was episode 394, if you want to hear John's full story. And he was chasing all kinds of things, and he has this old rally uh, Volvo. You may remember that he has like that's getting posted. Out. It was he's got a, an action shot of it sideways in a ditch because <laughs> that's one what you want parked in the driveway. So you have to see this yeah, it's a great. rally it's Volvo great. 940. And he says parts are cheap. He says this is actually a thing. Search for Volvo 940 Group H rallying, and he said you'll see for yourself. Mm-hmm. The parts are plentiful. They're cheap. It's a thing in Sweden. I love it. It's excellent. He says the next car in next class has three to 400 horsepower with no turbo from the stock engine, sequential gearbox, mm. and they just go. Love it. So he's thinking, we, we, we all debated about how much he was going to do that, and he really realized in our conversation that he's probably not going to do that as much anymore, okay? Uh, new, uh, pending marriage, new mm-hmm. house. Life is changing fast, okay? So he's thinking... You have to buy a new car and a dog at the same time. You know this, John. How many life changes can you make? If you just... What is it? Change jobs, move, and get married. Those are the three most stressful things. If you can put them just all in one year, then you really are packing it all. Do it into a, in one month. There Come you on. Go. Yeah, that, that, that'll... Yeah. Hair will fall out. Anyway, moving on. So uh, so he, he realizes that he's trying to get uh, more fun stuff. You may remember the whole story. I mean, he has a 135 that uh, he likes, but he wants to drive it more. So he's going to put the rally car away for the while. He's going to get the paint protection film on the 135 and drive it a lot. He has an old pickup that just is his workhorse. It stays. But the key thing is all of our conversation is helping the fact that his wife's – pardon me, his fiance's Skoda is now gone. And due to us, he's kind of shopping for her, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> all right. 
John, thank you so much for writing. We're uh, we're really loving the photos and the updates and loving that you're just hanging out, listening to the podcast while you destroy the forest around <laughs> your property. It's great. Excellent. <laughs> he, they have orders for actual trees. He's not out there willy-nilly, by the way. Those These are trees in need of things. Yeah. Un- unless all the stress comes down to a, a, a head and he just has to jump no, in the, in the no, tractor is, and go destroy this it. This is when you don't ah. want to be John's neighbor. If you get John angry, your house is in danger. I can imagine the amount of destruction that's possible there. Oh, anyway, man. John yeah. cleared a new rally stage in my property. He must be angry. Let's go talk to him. Bring him a pie or something. The Volvo's out. Look out. <laughs> All right. From episode 309, this was an exotic for a graffiti artist, our super creative friend, Andrew Horner. He is with Color Cartel on yeah, Instagram. He is Color Cartel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he wrote to us and said he bought a Lotus Elise. I love this. And there's been photos of it. You, you guys haven't seen this, but he's been updating us now and then, Andrew has, with, with little photos of the Lotus in various places. So one of my favorite things about this is he said whatever he bought, he said he wanted it to, to seem exotic mm-hmm. because he, he shows up and he's the artist. And he shows up and he wants it to, to be like, oh, cool, you're an artist and you drive that car. And I mean, this is like a thing. You make a good living and all that kind of stuff. But after driving a bunch of stuff and thinking about a bunch of stuff, he just said, I don't want to go from an $8,000 car too super exotic. Sure. And he sure. realized that that Elise was kind of a sweet spot. And, and, and hey, guess what, Andrew? I think the exact same way about it. I mean, it's a car that looks really expensive and really wasn't. So you're almost, you almost had a good budgetary thought. I mean, it's us and cars, so not <laughs> a really. A good but budgetary almost. thought means did you buy the car? You didn't get a yeah, deal. But, uh, but at the same time, he's got this Lotus for now, and then he's actually taken on some track days at Coda outside Austin. And oh, he's realized Andrew. his well comment done. about. Um, Maybe occasional tracking might become regular tracking because he's got a Lotus Elise at Access Dakota. <laughs> totally. Well, you, you recommended an Evora, which he still is thinking about, mm-hmm. as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. And you're right. He didn't want the full exotic. And that's why you love your Elise so mm-hmm. much because it's exotic and it catches people's eyes, but it's not the exotic budget. It's not the no, exotic No, not price. at all, which is the reason that I own it. Let's be honest. All right, so he's not opposed to going more in the future. You know, he's he's had the GTI, now the Elise, and he's thinking R8 or Gallardo in the future, and I had a GTS on the list and a Viper ACR, and then, you know, the new NSX and a Huracan after that. But I mm-hmm. love that you're mm-hmm. in this and experiencing it now, and you're experiencing yeah. that car on the track because that's where I want to have an Elise. I hear you. I Any hear track. You. It's Bring a, it's the track. It's a phenomenal track car. The track yeah. that John carves experience. through Sweden. Exactly. Hey, we're, we're merging things. I, I don't like care. This. I like this. John's going to carve us a tra- crazy rally <laughs> stage in Sweden. And uh, look, I'll look. I'm going to go look. <laughs> I'm going to go into the ditch real quick. Now we do it. need to rally an Elise. Uh huh. Now See? we need to make a rally build of the Elise. This is just for the John laugh. Let's be path. honest. John will clear a path. We'll go knobby tire rally an Elise for, <laughs> for the video. Let's be honest, because that'll be a YouTube hit, and then you know we'll never use it again. Andrew, yeah. I have a challenge for you. You remember the art cars, the BMW art cars yeah, from yeah. the seventies and eighties? Yeah. Those always intrigued me because I I love the creativity. I think Keith Herring did one. I think uh, recently Jeff Koons did one. So my challenge to you is maybe do that, but do it with uh, with the paint, uh, the film, not oh, sure, yeah, yeah. not paint itself, but just with the, uh, you know. Take a page from um, what's the pro skier John? Um, I know what you mean. Uh, well, I forget but, his last name. You know what? Actually, to uh, Andrew, he's also Swedish. To Andrew's uh, John Olson. Yes, to, to Andrew's talents. What if he got a paint protection film that's clear, mm. and then now he's not really oh, painting the car, and, and painted then over the he film? actually paints his oh. own film. 
I like that. I like that. And then somehow you raffle that or it's, uh, yeah. you know, it becomes a write-off, you know. Yeah. I, hey, and crazy ideas we're having here. I mean, you're, you're first you got to design your own racing livery for the track Why days that you not? do. That's where you start. Yes. And then that yes. lasts for Love three it. months. And then you wash that off or peel it off. And yeah. then you start anew with a new thing. And then I mean, go or, into the art yeah, car Maybe thing. he needs to do – I, I don't know what is best for you for a base, Andrew. I have no idea. It's your talent, not mine. But, you know, what is like a good base film? Does it need to be like a matte gray? Does it? What, what does it need to be? But wrap your car oh, in whatever sure. is a good base for you, and then you paint on top of it. And then when that's done, you peel that off. Sure. I mean, it doesn't have to be white necessarily. It no. doesn't have to be the white canvas. Be... What, whatever he needs it to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That'd be really cool. I like that. All right, Andrew, thanks for writing in. Really appreciate it. Enjoy your lease, man. That's awesome. And he's on yeah. Coda. So jealous. Yeah, I am jealous actually right now. In spite of being an Elise owner that's been on track, he's, he's got an Elise and he's on Coda. <laughs> and that's a pretty good day right there. I agree. All right, episode 342 from Scott S. in St. Louis, Missouri. He is the optometrist we debated for. <laughs> and the main issue, if you remember and go back and listen to that episode, was his size. He's six foot six, 300 pounds, and he was mm-hmm. looking for an F-type. And among our recommendations was a C7Z06 yes. alongside a 997 Targa, yes. a V8 Vantage, and a GTR. Yep. So what he settled on was not the C7. He thought that was the, the direction he was going because we were debating for a large guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he went to test drive it, and his legs weren't even close to fitting. He didn't realize that he was all legs. Yeah. He, he thought with his description it wasn't going to be about legs. It was all about legs in the C7. The C7 was completely out. While he was driving around, he drove the, uh, the Mustang GT350, which we've talked to a lot of people. And he liked it. He almost fit well, but... It, he was on the same lot, so he got in a brand new 2018, a 2019 Mustang GT, just the Mustang GT, just not the GT350. Kicks, as you do. And he realized, I fit better in here than I do in the GT350. And the way he drives is not screaming at the top of the RPM, so he started to go, okay, I fit better in the GT, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to really use what the engine is great at in the GT350, and I'm also saving money. Weird when that happens. Mm-hmm, so guess mm-hmm. where this is going? He bought himself a Mustang GT with the track pack and Magna Ride, and he is ecstatic. <laughs> he says what he can't thank us for is how you have warped his mind into buying the orange Fury paint. That is great news. There's, there's, <laughs> I mean, you are welcome, honestly, Scott. That, that's exactly how it should go. Well, this does not mean that the Mustang GT is best for all large people. That is not the point. It is he found what's best for him because he's all yeah. legs. And sometimes if you're all torso or you yeah. know, just kind of depends on your body type. But I'm glad, Scott, that you didn't get anything we recommended, but you still used kind of our thinking for sure. and for found sure. what worked for you. And it's interesting to hear his progression of getting in things as a big guy and figuring out just there in the Mustang lineup the differences he discovered. That's kind of fascinating to hear. Yeah, it is. You know? yeah. It is pretty cool. Scott, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Enjoy that GT, and uh, glad you're, you know, experiencing burnouts. Hopefully now, you're let's hope so. Tire yeah. budget, yeah, back yeah. tires. All right, episode two forty eight. Hoi Nguyen in Portland, Oregon, writes to us that uh, he had that two thousand two NSX, mm-hmm. and we were debating about this car. Should he keep it? Yeah. Should he not? Yeah. And he still owns it. And then after hearing us recommend the Jaguar F Type to others, he told his wife that they should replace her Mercedes. And so, long story short, in about a week after listening, he went ahead and replaced the E350 with a 2015 Jaguar F-Type S in black amethyst. I love it. 
Love the, f- the photos are gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, they are. He said he went to Freeman Motors there. He says, by the way, is a Lotus dealer in the Portland metro Good area. Good to know. I'll make a note. Yeah, I'll make a note. And he bought it without his wife even seeing it. <laughs> Fortunately, she likes it. <laughs> she likes it. She likes the exhaust pops and the, and the personality. And they took it, the two of them took it on a road trip to Lake Tahoe. And he was just like, this car's even better than you guys said it was. He's ecstatic about it. She's Thrilled. ecstatic about it. He he's now become like the great prophet of the of the F type to all of his friends. He's he's a huge <laughs> the fan. great F type evangelist. Exactly right. Love exactly it. right. So I think it's great that he's that he's out there. I, I love that you and your wife both like it. He said when he was driving around things, he did drive the Lotus Evor. I can't imagine who recommended that. He drove the Lotus Evor 400, and he said, yes, that's a car at some point in his future. But what I like here is that we talked about that in a second. We debated up and down, should he get rid of it? And how yeah. what, what an icon it is. Yeah. And it kind of helped him go, no, no, I need to keep this car. But then the discussions of the F-Type has now got his wife into something they both love. I love that. That's amazing. What I want to know is where the keys are stored on a nightly basis. And then how, <laughs> is there an is, argument in the do morning? Do you sign them out? Do you have an app that signs out the keys? Like, There's a, cli- oh, there's a clipboard. Yeah. Drive it today That's funny, and yeah. you got me. Like, why are you leaving at 6, 6 a.m.? Oh. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even dressed yet and you've got the keys. <laughs> Darn it. She's yeah. out the door. That's funny. Well, yeah, many uh, many happy miles in that bad boy. The it's photos awesome. I love are it. I love gorgeous, it. Yeah, it's great. and it looks great next to that Acura. I'll mm-hmm. pu- publish these photos on Instagram, like I said, so you can see some. Uh, really, it's just all the the recommendations. Mm-hmm. Recommendation mm-hmm. rides is what it's called. So, yeah, thanks for writing in. And then uh, we've got to move to episode one thirteen. That's way back, July twenty sixteen. It's when mm-hmm. we debated for Bruce Horn in Northern California. This was a fifteen thousand dollar Roadster debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for the past 40 years, Bruce has had a series of very cheap cars, mostly between $200 and $1,000. <laughs> those, those are that, almost donation cars. That makes our $5,000 car discussion look like, like yeah, wow, big like, spender. You guys are spending money now, We're yeah. Stepping out. And now, out of necessity, well, first out of necessity, and then now later on as a point of pride, seeing how he could keep the total cost of ownership yeah. way, way down. Yeah, big time. And he's figured out how to wring out all the fun out of these cars over the years, but you know they were really not designed to be fun cars to begin with. And then <laughs> the fun about, of a two hundred dollar car is it worked to get you somewhere. That's the fun. It's like a little ticker tape fun. parade for you. Like, it started. Sweet confetti. <laughs> exactly right. It's the low budget version of the Michael Bay driveway. It's the really low budget I version. Like that. It's just Roman candles at a little little uh, confetti sprayer. That's it. You're excited. You got <laughs> off the drive. It started. Yeah. I'm rolling. That's it. We're good. <laughs> All right, so he's remembering his 1969 Triumph Spitfire. Very cool. Which yeah. is what he originally wrote about, and mm-hmm. he was just kind of thinking back to this car and all the fun that he had in it. And so he did a lot of thinking. In mm-hmm. November 2018, got a 2014 NC third-generation Miata with the power retractable hardtop. That's a, that's a really cool car. And he says this is the perfect car for what he wants right now. This is the daily. So he only has an 11-mile commute up to the Santa Cruz, uh, the, the mountains in Santa Cruz there, and and uh, doing the windy road thing. He's had it with his wife on a road trip already, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he loves the uh, the retractable hardtop because it offers security and protection in yep. uh, San Francisco when he wants yep. to park it and just yep. not worry about it. I think that was a, a really brilliant idea on the part of Mazda. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they didn't pursue that or keep that going further. Mm. I can understand from a weight perspective, but honestly, I don't know that it offers or adds that much more weight. It's where it's it was not, less than 100 pounds. Yeah, you know, not a buying decision at that point because yeah. then they came out with the RF, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm glad they're keeping that one going, to be honest. To have some sort of hardtop option is great. I'm also going to say it again. Hey, Mazda, what about a full coupe? But, uh, but that'll never happen. Oh, I mean, it's known, as, it's known as a convertible, so I get it's it. It's the Pontiac Solstice Coupe version of yes. the Miata. Yes, and the Pontiac Solstice Coupe is actually hanging on to its value at and right it's around like 25, 30 surprisingly. grand. They are great looking, yeah, for sure. All right, so we finally flew down to L.A., found the car, drove it on a five-hour trip back up the Highway 101 and the Highway 1, and he that said that was just awesome. Amazing. And he's trying he's trying to keep the top down as much as he can. He says he's decided that anywhere between 40 degrees and up, the top's down. Forty. And, he he awesome. says maybe 80, 90 degrees when it gets that hot, he'll actually close the top because the air conditioner works, and that's nice. But between 40 and 80, he's the top's just down. So he's enjoying it immensely. He's actually spent, the first time he spent some real money on a car, mm-hmm, and great mm-hmm. choice, by the way, man. Really cool. Yeah, copper red mica, which he loves. And yeah, that car, under 15, they're even less now. Yeah. It's a lot I, of cars. I still think, I mean, they're the biggest cabin of all the Miatas, I feel like. With the amount of leg, yeah, and, you and, and I fit the best width. in that one. You're right; they fit the best in Which, that one because it's also the largest car. I've always liked it for that. That's reason. why. That's why. But but if you think about it, uh, you know, Bruce is sitting here having bought cars for around a thousand dollars. This is a fifteen thousand dollar budget. This is the most he's ever spent on a car, and I love the fact that this is where you wound up, and and you just you go on for paragraphs here. It's great. You go on for paragraphs, Bruce, about how you keep finding how it's perfect for what you need right now. You spent real money, and you're thrilled. That is ultimately the big thing for us. We know that you're going to blow your budget. Paul, Paul knows more than I do. We 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 know that very often we, we just spend more money, we all do, than we probably should on these cars we love. But if you love it as a result, that monthly payment comes in and you just go, yeah, 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 absolutely. That car's awesome. Love it. Well, then this last one to wrap up here is not attached to any particular episode. True. But the email that we originally got was from Nate Allen. He's out in Birmingham, Alabama. And he wrote to us with uh, with a story that just... Yeah, it's it's about family. Let's mm-hmm. put it this yeah, way. Yeah. So a year and a half ago, his father was diagnosed with an acute myeloid leukemia. And he said he passed away from a cold because of his compromised immune system in wow. January of 2018. Wow. A couple weeks after his dad's passing, his brother, his stepmother, and he met at the house with a guy from the bank to discuss his will. Mm-hmm. And he was stunned to learn that his dad had left the three of them a fortune left to be split three ways. Unbelievable. Which meant that Nate went from living on a budget of 2000 a month to over 20000 a month. There's a bit of a, there's a, bit of a change Unexpected. There. Yeah. And the reason that his dad had never told us this is because he didn't want them sitting around waiting for any inheritance, and that was never wow. the point. Wow. It surprised them all. But for Nate, he's had back problems. He's had surgery. He had to drop out of college back in 05. He's had his own health problems going on, and he's always been in a car since he was 10 years old. He said, I never had a career path, but he knew one day he wanted to own an exotic, mm-hmm. but never thought that would ever happen to him. It, imagine your own situation. You're just, yeah. I love cars. How can I ever, I, I'll just have to relegate it to enjoying car magazines and videos and you know, just looking at him on the showroom floor, yeah, yeah, going yeah. to car shows and looking at him. Never did Nate ever think that he would be able to experience it for himself. Mm-hmm. And I love what you've got. So the story goes here. He was writing to us trying to decide which car he'd get because yeah. he thought, all right, I want an exotic. Yeah. If I'm yeah, going to yeah. have this income, this unexpected, I didn't see it coming. I had yeah. no idea. And I'm a car person and I can get an exotic. I'm going to go get an exotic. So interestingly, 
He thought uh, at at the time he was a nine eight seven point two Cayman owner. Mm-hmm. Great car, yep. loved it. Yep. Car enthusiast. And, and we've okay. talked before. You can get those cars. They sound really exotic. They seem really exotic. Twenty five grand. Yeah, that's not. It's not an overly expensive car. It looks really nice. Now we're shopping in a totally different area. So uh, yeah, he, he <laughs> totally wondered, different. He, area. Uh, he, <clears throat> yeah, he uh, Nate wanders his way into. Uh, you see where this story is going. Ferrari of Atlanta. <laughs> well, he had actually bought a McLaren 600 LT, the long tail. He drove around for four hours before acknowledging he made a big mistake. He said it was a brilliant track car, blindingly fast, beautiful doors, but entirely uncomfortable and impractical, especially think about <laughs> Nate's back. Yes. Okay. See, that's, that's the key thing here is that Nate's got to be in a car that actually he can sit in and it feels nice, which is a bit of a challenge. So the next day... Ferrari of Atlanta. <laughs> he traded it for a 2018 Ferrari 488 GTB. Wow. Spider convertible, 800 miles. And Brand new, gorgeous. Going, You've got to be kidding. <laughs> he said the, the Ferrari's covered full warranty until 2027, so anything that goes wrong is fully covered. Routine maintenance, any wear and tear is covered until 2025. And he said, yeah, modern Ferraris are reliable, and they're worthy of being a true daily driver. And like you and I have talked mm. about forever, if you drive a Ferrari every day, well, you're an everyday driver. If you of drive course. a McLaren, if you have oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the lowest end to the yeah, highest yeah, yeah, end. Sure. And I think the, the best part about this story is that whenever somebody asks Nate about his car, first of all, he can say, well, let me tell you about my dad. That's a good point. That's Let me tell you about the point. generosity and the yeah. thing I never yeah, yeah, saw yeah, coming. Sure. And so, therefore, sure. yeah. That's interesting. Good a reminder that you don't know the person's story in that exotic car. We want to think, mm, oh, you're driving a Ferrari, you snotty so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's the case, but you never know the story. And, Nate, yeah. what I love is that anytime somebody asks you, you have this background. You've, you've got mm, this story to say. Point. Actually, every time I look at it or even drive it, I think of my dad. That's cool. Let me tell you about that's my dad. That's a very interesting point. And then you'll learn about the Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it hit home for yeah. me. Yeah, and I, you're right. That, that is a great point. And there's, there's a real story of family in here that's really, really cool. And, Nate, we appreciate the whole breakdown because, you know, kind of like you, when you first sent this email, we were like, what, what is this story? And it's been amazing to kind of hear the progression. I'm glad we can finally share it. It's very cool. I mean, rarely we get stories about, hey, guys, I'm shopping in the 200,000 range or 300,000 yeah. range. And we and think... Holy moly, I yeah. can't even think like that. It, and it, it's, it is weird. It's a very different gear for us to be in and be like, well, yeah, let's shop like that because that's not most of us. Right. It will never right. be most of us. But if you have the capability, what I like is the fact that we're still talking about that right here on this show. Mm-hmm. We, we have mm-hmm. – I, lo- I love the juxtaposition here, okay? <laughs> you know, right above Nate, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Bruce with his $15,000 roadster. That's the most, for him, that is an exotic car. Yes, yes. So I like that in both cases, the commonality here is I can't believe what I get to drive. That's exactly what we're going for right there. Nate, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. Enjoy that car. Put a ton of miles on that thing. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, drive yeah. it and enjoy Really appreciate it. And for all of you listening, if you've got your own debate that we covered or a story that inspired you from listening to the podcast and we didn't get a chance to cover your debate, mm-hmm. write to us. We'd love to hear this and love to feature it on cool. the podcast. We're sorry cool. we can't get to all of them. But it's just it's fun to hear what this community is doing and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thinking differently. And, yeah. and it doesn't matter the budget range. Obviously, we we try to find We've covered the gamut just deals, in this, for sure, yeah. But it, in, in a wider sense, it doesn't matter because – the feeling is the same, yeah. and the car community I agree with is that. the same. Hopefully, hopefully, but yeah, I write to us with your own debates. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail as well, and uh, yeah, we hope to cover those in a future episode. 
We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site separately, you can enter your parameters into Auto Tempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with Auto Tempest. Auto Tempest can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at Auto Tempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want. So if we give you drive homework or you're chasing your dream car or you're just looking to feed the disease, autotempest.com is the place to start. Heck, I was honored an hour ago. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I'm telling you, I swear by them. These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. So now we're going to have a traditional, more traditional car debate. Instead of just doing updates, we're going to actually have a car debate here. We've got Joshua writing to us from the Northeast, and he's saying, uh, can, can, he, can somebody please give him permission to buy a German luxury car? All of his friends, and, and I, I, have, I, have a br- I have a brief rant. Okay, I have good. a brief rant. Good. All of his friends are essentially saying, why on earth would you do this? They're expensive. They're unreliable. This is not an undeserved reputation. Okay, you okay. take you okay. take your Honda Accord that you've never done anything to. You nobody ever bothered to tell you it needed an oil change, and 150 thousand miles later, when you put on the second set of tires because the first round is bald, <laughs> you you realize maybe I should get rid of this, and you buy something German that now is a thoroughbred and needs stuff. And like this car needs stuff all the time. To- cars need stuff all the time. Sure, it's just sure. some of them run in spite of you. <laughs> and where do. I'm going, where I'm going on my rant here, real quickly, is we have been getting emails about. Car and Driver, and the Alpha Julia. Yes. Okay. All right. This this is fun. So I, I, ha- right. I had to go down really briefly. Joshua, I swear we're going to get to you. But I have to go down this road very briefly. Car and Driver, like most auto magazines, they do big long-term tests. Mm-hmm. They got one of the very first quadrifolios, and it has been a money and reliability money pit. It has just been a, 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 <laughs> it has been a constant hassle. So 40,000 miles later, their breakdown of the car was, love to drive it when we get to drive it, essentially. Right, right. Unfortunately, this has become the Bible for Julia's. This okay, has become point. the only thing that is true of Julia's. So I'm going to go on a tangent real quick. I'm pretty sure it was Car and Driver. I didn't look this up. I should have. I'm pretty sure it was Car and Driver that a few years ago when the C7 Corvette came out, they got one of the first ones, and it was a money pit. And they ended up with an engine replacement I do recall that. Not like we that. need to do some work. No, engine number two during their 40,000 miles. Now, my point here is we've driven the C7 many times. We've talked that up many times. Many people we own have bought new ones, used ones, drive them every day, all this kind of stuff. Clearly, 
the C7 is not a do not buy it will blow up its engine car. Mm-hmm. But that was what happened mm-hmm. to car and driver. So my right. point here is right. I am not denying their issues with the Julia. Clearly they happened and they bought an early one. And we know from the press cars, half the fleet of press cars <laughs> yeah. worked fine, and the other half they couldn't get them to start sometimes. I mean, without knowing why. Yes, like, I mean the actual press folks couldn't get it to start. Now the ones we always <laughs> had were great, but my point here is, just because car and driver had this problem doesn't make all of those cars the same. In the same way, the C7 with an engine swap doesn't make all those cars the same. I am trying to land the plane here. I swear. Okay. All right. German cars have a reputation for breaking and costing a lot because it's well-deserved. But it doesn't mean avoid all of them because they will all be terrible money pits. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's plenty of research out there. There's plenty of the J.D. Power best initial quality. I've always jabbed at them for that because it's new. Of course it has best best initial quality. It has quality right now. It It just rolled off the assembly line. What are you talking about? Currently has quality. I don't get that one, but... Yeah, there's there's car stereotypes, and mm-hmm. in some cases, they're proliferated. Mm-hmm. They're not always true, and so we always take it with a grain of salt, and we always recommend to all of you listening that you do your own research when we're recommending sure. things. Sure. If you disagree, that's totally fine, and yeah. you know whatever you come across, but we're always going after the driving experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have maintained for a while now that I think it's the headspace of... I drive the toaster that works. I drive mm-hmm. the toilet, the thing that just it works. Yeah. Uh, it's an, if your car is an appliance, it needs to do nothing but run. Its number one goal is to run, and everything else is secondary or even tertiary, and it's just a yes. discussion of, I don't care about anything else. It needs to get good gas mileage and run. And it. so that headspace you bring with you to the next car, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah. And it'll be different. It'll be a different car company, manufacturer, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. built elsewhere on the planet. And those things no longer apply. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to break out of that mindset. It's how to, hard to think really i have to think about timing belts and you know all these various things that i need to just pay attention to yeah 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 that's part of owning a machine that you drive hard yeah and so when it comes to german cars do do they need more love and tender loving care and maintenance all that stuff well yeah they do but think about in general is a big generality they're extracting more out of not less but out of the out of the car, out of the model. Now, you could yeah. argue the same thing for some hot Japanese models, too, and some sure, really sure, hot sure. American cars, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in general, they're they're extracting a whole lot more performance. They're engineering it more thoroughly or mm. you know, wanting it to really do a thing better, less concerned about 20 years from now, brakes. It, it comes from the factory oh. more concerned with being focused on a sporting intent than this just needs to run indefinitely. It's for better and for worse. Honestly. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. And credit to all manufacturers that try to walk that balance and say, mm-hmm. you know what? I want this car yeah. to be just as good now, you know, 20 years from now. A Nissan GTR is a great example of that. Thoroughly well engineered. Mm-hmm. I believe they're assembled in clean rooms. At least the engines are. Mm-hmm. And we just want it to be a reliable run, but uber high performance. <laughs> that That's a... Walking the fine line and, back and, and forth. And every person I've known that has owned one and driven it hard has found it to be a voracious monster eating their wallet. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's just tires, oil changes. It's just it always is tapping on their shoulder going, by the way, I need this now. Higher you have tolerances to feed the beast. in the engine mean yeah. 
you know, more yeah, yeah, yeah. wear on parts. And, you know, when you drive a car hard, it gives you that delight, that performance. Mm-hmm. But now I've got to back up and, all right, I've got to take, take care of it. And I've yeah. got to really follow what the manufacturer recommends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you like to be the person at a car company? If you are this, I'd love mm-hmm. to hear from you. How would you like to be this person that is figuring out those intervals and oh, working man. with the engineers to oh, say, man. all right, well, we believe that that needs to be changed at this interval. Mm-hmm. That's a job. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so caveat over. Expertise. Yes. Now, so Joshua, so turn in next time when we actually get to your – no, actually, we are going to cover your car debate <laughs> now. At this price range, the fifteen to $30,000 range, he plans to have a Toyota 86 as his second fun car at some point. He lives in the north- northeast where but he gets But he's not shopping snow. for the now is key. He's shopping right. for the commute car. Right, not so shopping. So he's saying, I'm not looking for the track fun. This is more commuting. Yes, for sure. So he lives in the northeast, gets snow three to four months out of the year, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he said there's plenty of Toyota Camrys and Avalons and Accords and Kia Sedona SX Limiteds. <clears throat> yeah, he's found several are. great Acura TLXs, which we have recommended, yeah. and a Subaru WRX. Okay, but he keeps wondering. His friends keep razzing him. Should I give Germans a chance? Should mm. I give the German mm. cars a chance? The stereotype he says of a driver who owns Mercedes or BMW is something he's willing to accept, since there's also stereotypes of Toyota '86 owners or Kia Sedona owners. Sure, stereotypes at every level. When you see the person behind the wheel, yeah. I just actually look forward to the stereotypes that have yet to be defined with all the electric cars coming from Volkswagen. What are those stereotypes going to be? Yeah. Look forward to that. All right. So he's, he's those saying... Those Faraday future drivers. Oh, man. Oh, wait. Those don't exist. Side, uh, side note. Yeah. Are they still in business? Anyway. Anyway. So are German car interiors and ride quality so much better than a nicely equipped Acura TLX that he can look past the reputations mm. as being expensive to maintain? He says, not a fan of SUVs. SUVs, but would they be a better option for his needs as a daily? Ultimately, Joshua, I think if something strikes you and it speaks to you, mm-hmm. then you've got to listen to that. You've got to give it a chance. And that's what mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. is all about. That's Hopefully, what the yeah. show is all about. Yeah. If it does speak to you and you can get in, you can afford it, and you can you know, come in very clear-eyed about here's what the, the care and feeding of this car is going to take, <laughs> then wonderful. Yeah. This is why we talk about, well, leasing might be for you if you just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't want to worry about that stuff ever. You're yes. going to pay yes. more for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or but you're going to but you're going to have it. I'm def- willing to accept it. Yeah. Tolerance is the big thing here. What is your personal tolerance? You get back to these cars that as they have more and more personality, that is almost code for stuff's going to break. <laughs> where is where is your tolerance level right. for I'm okay with the occasional time every now and then my car is needy and it's needier than the whatever that I owned. And now I have this car and it's needier and I'm okay with it. But the, for every person and every person, it's different. You have a tipping point where you're just like, now you've just gotten too needy. We're the same way with people in relationships. That's true. This is a relationship podcast. You, you can ha- yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you can have that person that you date or marry or whatever and they are milk toast, but they are reliable. Okay? <laughs> sure, sure. Or you can have the, the – I hate to go with the stereotype, but you have the fiery Italian. Okay, that's okay. the stereotype. I think about that Fiat uh, 500 uh, a Bart commercial you like so much. My favorite Italian. commercial. You were showing me that commercial recently. That's why it's on my mind. Katrina well, my Mindell. point is, you have it. There it is. Yeah. Paul even looked her up. Moving on. Wow. But you can have you can have the, the fiery personality person. Okay, that sometimes you really don't like them, but yeah. when it works, it really works. Okay. Yeah. You have to find what the person you marry and spend your life with, where are you on that scale? How much is your tolerance level for madness? 
because there's good and bad madness. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing with cars. What's the place at which your relationship is getting broken because the thing is needy again? So to answer your question, Joshua, I do think you should give them a chance. Okay. I think you need to identify in that range, there's plenty of commute options. There's plenty mm -hmm. of S-classes and E-series and C-classes and 2-series and mm -hmm. lots of interesting stuff to go entertain that the commute doesn't have to be boring and it's just, well, it just runs. Mm -hmm. We want to approach commuting that way. And if you're not interested in you know, dealing with that kind of stuff and it's just, well, every morning just runs. The, yeah. the confetti yeah, yeah. shoots out again and it started. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> if you're just wanting that, but if you're willing, and again, I'm not saying that, well, oh, you got a German car. It's going to break on you. Just budget for another $15,000 a year. For, no, that's not what I'm saying. But there will be more maintenance than if you bought your whatever. You're just going to have to change yeah. your headspace mm -hmm. about it. For sure. And just sure. follow owner's manual. You can't go wrong following the owner's manual. I like to over-maintain and do my oil changes sooner than Porsche No one listening is surprised. No one is surprised. But, yes. you know, it's me. Yeah. I'm used to that kind of headspace. I'm thinking about the care and feeding of my cars all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're used to that and you start to think, all right, I'm going to entertain it because of the level of satisfaction or how good that car makes you as a driver. Mm -hmm. BMW M3s make people better drivers. Okay. Flat out. Let's hope so. They just make people better drivers. Okay. You can take corners faster than you ever thought possible. This you can break harder. You can, or you can wind up in a ditch sooner if well, you really do it wrong. I mean, it's not going to. It's not going to fix bad driving, but it's going to give you a new driving. So it's interesting you go there. I because, say tongue, tongue in cheek, but you yes. know what I mean. E ninety M three is on my list. No kidding. Why not? Why not? Now look, it's got that big V eight. This is not going to be it's a thirsty. It's thirsty. It's, it's thirsty. not a commute car. It's, it's thirsty. Just <laughs> but 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 he doesn't really go into detail about his commute though. Well, that's true. He, he, he's, that's true. He's, it's thirsty, but he needs the community. He also said, by the way, side note re real quick, Joshua. He said, do I need an SUV? The only reason I think you might not want a sedan is you said you transport your elderly mother now and then. Is she okay getting in and out of a sedan? That's a big thing, the, the ride height, for sure. The ride height sometimes with elderly parents, grandparents, etc. the ride height of an SUV is easier to get in and more, more specifically out of than a lower car. If that's not an issue and you can do sedans, I think you really want a sedan. And for $30,000, you can find E90, that is the last-gen M3 four-door. We love that car. Mm -hmm. It has a big, mm -hmm. thirsty V8. The V8 has known issues because every car on the planet has known issues. So make sure you dig into the forums and find what are the things I need to make sure this car doesn't have or has had addressed. Sure. By the way, caveat, every car has that thing, but they're fantastic to drive. And they are perfectly wonderful sedans to sit in and drive slowly. I have driving homework for Joshua. Do you? I, 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 it's you know, brand look, driving homework. I'm, I'm almost in wildcard territory with the E90 because I know that is a care and feeding car, but I also know it is a fantastic commuter. We've cross-country driven those things. We've driven them on back roads. We've driven them on tracks. It's a great car for everything, and I think you would thoroughly enjoy it if you just sit down and go, what is my maintenance? Just be prepared to feel like you're paying for the vacation home monthly payment for your local service station owner. Well, Just, well, because your local service station is where you fill up with gas, and that car needs gas. Contributing to their college anyway. fund, their kid's college fund, or their third boat payment, or you're, you're going to feel like, <laughs> why am I paying for your I lifestyle? Have, I have other options as well, but that's, that's kind of – I thought it, well, you brought up BMW. I thought I'd start there. I'm saying at the two-series level of every German car company – whether it's Interesting. Volkswagen, okay. Audi, All right. and by the way, this will be another topic Tuesday. At some point, Audi does feel like, and they operate 
like a different car company than Volkswagen. It's not like, even though there is some platform sharing, it's the for sure when yeah. when you're at the headquarters they. They don't really say, hey, we're like Volkswagen with leather. They <laughs> actually operate as a different car company. Audi, Volkswagen in a suit. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> but not really. So the, at the two series level, so it's the A4, the, the BMW okay. 2 or 3 series, the Mercedes C-Class. Go start driving all these sedans. P- please, They please, all please, feel yes. very different. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's quite surprising and quite fun. Yes. Yes, for sure. This is my driving homework for okay. you. It's like almost it. like it. pick the... The entry-ish level sedan or coupe of all these car companies and go start driving those to see which piques your interest. Yeah, is the A3 big enough? I'm curious about that all one as well. All those things, yeah. Uh, cheap Phaetons. No, I'm kidding. Don't, don't get a cheap Phaeton. Run don't do that. Away. Don't run, do that. Don't walk. But, you know, look, if you want to stay in the these are good sedans and I know they're going to run, you mentioned Acura. Pursue the Acura product line. They're overlooked and they're excellent. And pursue Lexus. Sure. Drive the IS sure. and the GS. I don't know how big you need it to be. You haven't been clear on that. The IS and GS are both rear-wheel drive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they are both better to drive than you think. Okay. Excellent interiors. You want to talk about reliability. You want to talk about – by the way, there, another, <laughs> another rant. There, there, there seem to be people <clears> – <throat> how do I put this tactfully? That are watching our ES piece uh-huh. and have decided that the comments we make about the ES is how we feel about Lexi in general. This is not true. We actually – said to the contrary in the piece. Well, that's a side note. The the ES is a car we wish Lexus didn't make because we don't find it redeeming. But we've recommended the IS on this podcast, we've the GS on this podcast, mm-hmm. both of mm-hmm. those in multiple specs. Mm-hmm. If you want yeah. big, of course, you go LS. But both the IS and GS really do have things about them where you can drive them as an enthusiast car. And, of course, we all know that Lexus is pretty much the king of Dealer reliability and service. If they broke more, they'd have more character and we'd like them more, right? <laughs> no, that's Wait, not the key thing. No, that's right. Just the front wheel drive boring <laughs> boxes are not worthwhile. Exactly. Exactly. Joshua, hopefully this is helpful to you because I do think the Germans, the cars are worth a look because of what they do to your fun, the driving fun, the, the well, thing that stirs your soul. And there's life experience in there. I think Absolutely. you need to drive. I'm going to go one higher than where you were. Definitely drive the Audi A6, A7. Okay, good. I think that's the the bigger end. I don't think you really want a huge one, but I think that it'd be worth driving the A6, A7 because there's there's something there. And A6s, early 2000s, unbelievable money pits and never ran. I mm. don't hear that about A6 owners anymore. It's a very, very good point. Our, our, our friend Jay here locally has owned multiple A6s, and they just run. They just run. And you know our friend he Chris puts, with uh, his wife's Mercedes wagon. Yeah, just absolutely, runs. Absolutely. But but our friend Jay's put, put <clears throat> buy an A6. Put 50,000 miles on it, sell it, buy another AC. And by the way, he's buying used ones. That's true. That's true. So keep that in mind. If you really want to open the can of worms, Joshua, Uh-oh. start talking 80s Maseratis and launches. You know, then you can really say, do it. Is it worth it? Current, current Maseratis. <laughs> well, well, really, yeah. I mean, look, we're not in the Germans <laughs> anymore, but let's have some fun. <laughs> Jump into social media questions on Facebook. Chris Mazzone has said his dad has an opportunity to buy a GT500. <clears throat> Lovely. Hmm. Okay. But he wants to make sure that they spec it right. All right. He dailies an E46 M3, and they would probably drive the GT500 quite a bit. Like it. Like it. He said the $18,000 track package, is it worth it if he doesn't track it, or would it help hold the value? How about $10,000 painted stripes versus the $1,000 vinyl? When you say spec it right... I come back to this because if you truly want to spec it right, 
You go ask the dealer to spec it for you because you ask, what do you want to resell and make money off later? Yes, yes. That's what we'll order. What's crazy, you say that. What's Isn't that crazy, nuts? No, 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 no. You're, you're not too nuts. You don't normally hear this with Mustangs. But we've, <laughs> we've spoken specifically to Ferrari dealers uh-huh. who will walk their clientele through the options list before they buy because they, the dealer, are looking out mostly for themselves but also True. for the client for when that client sells the Ferrari. I can sell what – I'll give you a great example. I think it's, I think it's $2,000 for the shields on the – the front fenders oh, yes. of your Ferrari. Yes, the Scuderia By the way, shields. You, you've seen a Ferrari. You may not have thought about it, but you've seen a Ferrari without those. That's an option. But Man, I don't even look at those. I don't but even turn my head. The Ferrari, only the ones with the Scuderia shields. But, but the Ferrari dealers that we've talked to have talked about how that's an absolute box check because they can get more <laughs> money and are more likely to sell the ones. This is ridiculous. But if, totally. You're right. This is a great – you're down a great road here. If the thinking here is to resell it later – then your dealer should help you spec it. If it's for yes. you to drive and resale be damned, then you get know, it how you want. Yeah. And do we need do you need stripes? I say that yeah. I, I know the history somebody right now is <laughs> is hackles up and writing me an angry email because how dare <laughs> I get a Mustang GT that doesn't have the stripes. I get it. I don't really like the stripes. And this is me. I'm not specking a GT500, but I'll tell you right now, vinyl or painted, it's not getting stripes. Chris, I'm telling you, if you want that resale value and concerned about it, talk to the dealer because the GT500 is a special enough car that it's in a category of those Ferraris Mm -hmm. that when that dealer wants to resell it, what do they want to sell? What do they want to see on the showroom floor and say, I'll order it like that. And for that, it will need track pack and stripes. Absolutely, it it will. will. It will. So yeah, the price went up, but... You're kind of preserving your investment if you're looking at it that way. If you care. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. if you're just driving it for yourself, get what you want. Yeah, for sure. Spec it up and, you know, crazy, whatever. Austin asked on Facebook, are there going to be any more motorcycle fast blasts? Yes, there will. Uh, Nate is working on those feverishly. He actually lives in the Chicago area, which means he has a shoot season and a don't go outside season. So he is in the middle of shooting stuff. We've got more coming. I know Nate's listening, so how are you, man? And thanks for working on those. Just so you know, Austin, I suspect, I suspect one of those a quarter will be the minimum. We may have a few more than that, but yep. generally it'll yep. be about one a quarter on those motorcycle fast blasts, so those will continue for sure. Telling you, it's kind of like Wisconsin weather. It's nine months of winter and three months of bad sledding. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Also, like uh, Derek asked a question. How are you, man? He wrote on on Facebook. Instead of a track day for our Atlanta meetup, he said, what about we did a group driving experience at the Porsche Experience of Atlanta? Great idea. Now, two thoughts here, Derek. Done. When are we going? Yeah. <laughs> On what level, as exactly as Paul's saying, that sounds phenomenal. But the flip side of it is this. With all of these meetups, we're trying to make it very a la carte and very everybody affordable. That Porsche Experience isn't really I mean, it gets it gets Suck expensive. the joy out of everything. I know, I know. I'm here bringing reality, and it's it's yeah. sad. I understand. We can all go Eeyore for a minute. <laughs> so the Porsche experience, <laughs> anyway. But darn it, <laughs> yeah, we can't do that. But but the so hopefully when we do something in Atlanta, we'll be able to build a kind of a la carte thing like our Utah meetup, where how much do you as the person attending want to spend, and there's still plenty to do. If we put it around the Porsche experience, I have a feeling that would, by the way, be wildly fun. I, I'm not taking that away. Totally, but the man. price would go way up, and we would have far fewer people. So that's this is the struggle with all of these meetups. I'm I I'm not seeing a real. You're not struggling. You, you just, really yeah, not. You want you want to go next week? There's I get no it. issues. There's uh, 
Two similar questions from Alton Dyer. Best blend of high miles per gallon and fun, also known as the commuter unicorn. And the nearly identical question from Nick Broadley. Commuter unicorn, what is the best combination of miles per gallon and fun? Commuter corn? <clears throat> You're all wrong. <laughs> You're all wrong. It is the supercharged Honda CRZ. From HPD, oh, where you wow. had to buy the car and get the supercharger installed, and it still yes. gave you a lot of fun. Manual transmission. It had 197 horsepower once you supercharge it, which, which is the same as a Fiesta ST. They're unicorns. You don't see them. That's They're a lot of fun. Commuter unicorn. I, I am going to leave you alone with that. I, and you, I remember when you drove that at track day, you would not shut up about it I for giggled. a long time. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it was like a $45,000 car, which is just... Yeah, but they got to be less than that by now. Uh, well, but they, that's the thing. Down, five, people, five people bought them, and now they're worth eighteen grand. You know that's exactly what happened. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So go buy them and giggle and have a great time. I love it. That's very funny. Travels with George on Instagram said, does anyone ever get a good deal on bring a trailer or other auction sites? Uh, <laughs> Not no more. <laughs> tra- uh, honestly, honestly, I think at this point, when somebody sets a reserve on bring a trailer, what, what ha- seems to be happening most of the time on there is the people are getting a good car. They aren't necessarily okay. getting okay. a good deal. If you want the pristine, awesome version of car X, Bring a trailer is probably your spot because what happens is, as you've all seen, the, the car gets posted and the photos get posted and the info gets posted and the hardcore folks, it, it, it's almost like the virtual clipboards come out. The guys that <laughs> okay. really know these cars are okay. now like inching over the car like Anson going, well, wait, that quarter panel wasn't until the next calendar year. And then how, why is right. that door lock wrong? And Do they so say it now, in that voice too? Maybe. Or, or maybe they do the Eeyore voice again. But okay. anyway, the, the, the point is – Eeyore voice is only reserved for the Porsche Atlanta driving experience. <laughs> We're at Porsche today. <laughs> We're driving the GT3. Awful. Anyway, the point is you now can have other people in a weird way vet the car for you and make sure you got the exactly perfectly specced one. That's the benefit of these auctions and these sites. But no, you're not getting a good deal except for the guy three weeks ago that broke my heart. Oh, he was selling an uh, oh. He was selling a, a 90s Z32 Nissan 300ZX with no reserve. It was twin turbo. It was six-speed. It had aftermarket stuff on it that I actually liked. It, for some reason, didn't have a reserve. And because it wasn't pristine stock, it had aftermarket wing and wheels and stuff, I think it sold for ten five. Golly. That person got a killer deal on an amazing car because it was very clean. And I saw it after the fact and thought, well, if I knew it was going to go for Ted Five, I would have, I don't know, chopped off a limb or something. It'd be Ted Five. Because most of the Zs that were in the same ca- category that are selling like Auto Tempest, if you look them up, they're 15 grand. Yeah. So yeah, that was. So there's the unicorns. But in general, rough. did you get a deal? You didn't. But you may have gotten a great car. And I love that all of you are sending me 928 links, especially the brand trail. Yeah. Which, which are killing me. And they're going up and up and killing up. Killing me, and up Smalls. And up. By the way, I think, I've told you this before, that you and I should have the first two sports cars that awakened our desires. You need a 300Z. I need a 928. Mm-hmm. In addition to the Phaeton XKR. Oh, what, no, no, that, no, no. That's no, got to no, happen, no, too. Wait. So we need, we need yes. this plethora of cars. This is insane. You know what? Side <laughs> note the Phaeton X, XJR thing. Jet XL. <clears throat> something yes the jet xl something came up on our discord we have a we have a patron oh page, yeah right, okay right. and all of our patrons are allowed on our discord uh, chat it's it's actually it's awesome the, some of the discussions there are awesome it's but amazing. it came up on our on our discord and i want to mention this to all of you listening the discussion was and, and, I, and i'm literally laying it at you guys feet as an audience 
the discussion was, what if we, Everyday Driver, put up a GoFundMe? This is crazy. This is crazy. That was just to raise money to get those two cars and to then do multiple pieces with them. There'd probably be a cross-country drive. There'd be a piece related to TV against a more modern, uh, super luxury car. We've thought about what the pieces would be. There'd be a lot of pieces. The ideas. They so, the, but but the discussion that we've had, the concern we've had, is the outgo for the show to initially buy them. And so, the idea came up from our patrons. And thank you guys, by the way. You know who you are that did this. The, the idea was to create a GoFundMe to raise the money to get those cars. We either obviously raise enough to get them or we don't, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm, But then if you contributed to the GoFundMe, that, and we would create an increment, like let's say $5 or whatever, but for every $5 that you contributed, that was one entry into the raffle at the end. So everybody that gets the GoFundMe are the people that actually one of you is going to get the car. If that's interesting, hit us up. We want to know on social media and other places uh, if, I mean, it was a crazy idea that was brought to us and we're entertaining it. Because we would like to to cover those cars, but we want to be real cautious about it's it. It's such a know, crazy idea. It is. We want to know you guys' level of interest, and we want to be very careful with it financially because these cars might run, or they really might not. But right. it would be very fun right. to cover for sure. I love the idea. All right, yeah. Please let us know. You know where to write us at. There's a uh, a question on Twitter from Benjamin S. He's writing this as a topic Tuesday, but I'm going to try to answer it as succinctly as I can. Ooh, I love that challenge. He had a go-karting event at work with some folks who drive appliances. (laughs) He found it very difficult to explain the racing line (laughs) without a pen and paper, instead opting for nomenclature like momentum and apex. He's not sure anything sunk in. What is our take on a verbal (laughs) explanation? Go for it. I'm excited Mm. about this. Yeah, okay. My initial thought is having them follow you. Obviously, that's not verbal. It's it's not verbal, but it would help. That is... It, it's very much of a, a show me and then, you know, mm-hmm. let them do it. Yeah. Verbally, I'm I'm having trouble because if you use all the the car terminology that we all throw about, mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. we all know what it is, honestly, what it has to come down to is cut the corner. People understand when you cut the corner, mm. they go, oh, I'm, I'm cutting the corner off. I'm, I'm forget apex and momentum. And then the very... Top of that corner where you cut it off and you start to turn back in, that's where you've cut the corner off. Mm. That's the, the best thing I can think of. I've tried to do this with my son. It's very difficult. And what helps, this is not perfect, but what helps is most time when you go to a carting place, they have a map marked on the wall. They have a map of the track on the wall. Yeah. Use your finger. Yeah. And but, talk about talk about where you need to put the car because of But the, use the, different terminology totally. than, you know, uh, corner exit or track out or no, it's apex gonna, it's, or it's going to be. It, I, I explained it to my son. We use the real, real terms eventually, but I explained it to my son like trying to flatten the corner, trying to make the uh-huh. corner straight. How uh-huh. straight can you make the corner? So sure. you have to turn as little as possible. That's a key thing. People do understand because of driving that you can't go as fast in a corner as you can on a straight. They understand that, which is why most people like to do the, I can put my foot to the floor, but do they understand this? No, they, no, no, (laughs) people understand. No, because think of all the people that we've driven with who are really fast when you're going down the freeway and you get them near a corner and everybody's really slow, like hazard lights kind of slow. Okay. So people (laughs) understand that the corners aren't as fast as straights. So things like straightening out the corner or turn as little as possible Mm -hmm. and still make the corner. These are things that become universal, but I think you have to trace your finger around that track and be like, you've got your cart here. You need to be here. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I get that. All right, what are the questions you find on here? Uh, Ed the Sled said he just tried the Griot's Garage wheel cleaner with a simple brush, and he said, I, how on earth have I not tried this before? He highly recommends <laughs> it. I love that you tried it. I love that it works. He also made a comment, and this is the only place I don't like this, Ed. You said you bought it at your local AutoZone. You can now start to buy some Griot's products at your local auto parts They are store, available, And yes. that's cool. I'm glad that Griot's is growing to that part. This is my only problem. I'd rather you bought it at griots.com with everyday driver code. The everyday code. The reason to use that code is because they are watching how you guys respond to us. Correct. And if you buy it at your local auto parts store, that doesn't count. Well, you also get the 10% off. You do get the 10% off. Absolutely. And if you buy enough, it's free shipping anyway. So it doesn't yes, matter. Yes, that's true. And you get the 10% off, which you didn't get at your auto parts store. And they'll have to ship it to you. I understand you had to wait and maybe you needed it right now. I get it. But we would appreciate We're glad that you like the products. I'm thrilled about that. We would appreciate if you would use that everyday code because then that helps us with them as a sponsor. So many more good questions that we'll have to save for next time. But there's yeah. the last one from me from Day of May. Day mm-hmm. of May? I saw it, yeah. Sean Q, who's Elise we filmed uh, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago now, he said, Factory 5 Racing 818s are dancing in his head. <laughs> I thought that only happened at Christmas time. No, it's, it's a year-round thing. It is? Yeah, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So does he uh, you know, upgrade? <laughs> does he essentially upgrade to the 818 by this whole left from the sale of the Elise, the, the supercharged Elise? <laughs> supercharged Elise, yeah. If we built an 818, would we go the WX turbo engine or just the naturally aspirated 2.5? Mm-hmm, is, mm-hmm. you know, is it enough for the track punch? I'm thinking, can you leave the build in such a way where you could upgrade to the turbo and add that a little bit later oh, on? Oh, interesting. interesting. So I, we're always advocates of stepping up, you know, starting it up at a low place where you mm-hmm. can wring mm-hmm. the most out of that car and understand the dynamics of the car at the low power level. Yeah. Yeah. Think Spec Racer Ford, 105 sure. horsepower. Yeah, 105 blistering horsepower in 1500. Best pounds. thing that ever happened to Ford Escorts. <laughs> <laughs> Just tear the like, engine out of like, it, throw the rest of the car I've, away. I've got a use for that engine. That's funny. <laughs> I'm I'm saying step up incrementally, and mm. then you know should you want to, and your driving skills get more out of a turbo later on, you could yeah. add it back in. I think that's the way to approach the build. Honestly, also while we're talking about eight one eights, this is something that that infests my brain, and Are I they do own dancing in your head. No, they aren't. But here's like here's sheep the, here's jumping, over the yeah. jumping, 818s over the jumping over the fence. Eight one eights jumping over the fence. But those don't land well when they're airborne. It's <laughs> no, a separate they don't. thing. How much do you want to do a build though? Is it, is uh, it, do you true, want an 818 or do you want to do a build? If you want to do a build, an 818 is a great place to be. But if you're just curious if an 818 is the more hardcore Elise alternative, why not buy somebody's already built one? Mm. They're out sure. there. You sure. can get, Fair you can enough. buy already built one somebody's selling for about the price of the kit. Great questions on here, guys. Yeah, Fantastic. We've got to end the podcast at this point, but excellent questions. We really appreciate it. Keep writing your questions and your car debates. And keep us updated with stuff you brought. For sure, for sure. Really great to hear. And we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.